Welcome to AB3 Speaks with Monica Antakia, the podcast on academic business and branding, where we talk about planning, building, running, and growing a business as Black academic women who want to share their knowledge with the world. I'm Takia Nur Amin, academic success strategist, dance scholar, and lover of all things luxury. I'm Monica A. Coleman, professor, religious leader, and mom to an active growing kid. We have over 25 years combined experience of sharing our academic knowledge beyond the classroom, and we're telling you all the things we wish someone had told us. We will share our values-led ways of monetizing your advanced education in today's global marketplace and highlight Black academic women who are doing this with excellence and flair. So stay hydrated, make sure you have something to write on and write with, because class is in session. One of the core approaches that we bring to AB3, to our academic business and branding brain trust, is that we lead with values. And that's become really important to us because leading with values is in a way in contrast to what it means to lead with lifestyle. So Takiya, talk a little bit about leading with lifestyle. Yeah, I think it's great that we're lifting up this topic because um, for many of our listeners, if you're just getting started with business and even with those, for those of you who um, have had a business for a little while, you might notice when you go out into the wild, wild west of the internet, that lifestyle oriented businesses um, are a lot of what you find. People who are selling their way of life or their way of being in the world as the kind of centerpiece of their business. Um, We're not naming names, but we have a different approach to that. Part of the reason why we don't sell lifestyle is just because we both believe in privacy and discretion. When you have a lifestyle-based business, often your uh, home life, your personal life becomes the content or fodder that you have to make available to your paying audience. And everybody doesn't want to live that way. Um, Monica and I both talk about strategic vulnerability. We share aspects of our lives that are very relevant to the work that we do in the world or to the experiences that we have um, attaining the knowledge that we operationalize in our businesses. But there are aspects of our personal lives that we really want to keep personal. Um, Having a business that's oriented around your personal self, your home life, your domestic reality may not be sustainable long-term if you have an audience that you have acculturated or made them used to you sharing all your business. Um, Can I, can I give an example of that? Sure. sure. Jump in an example that's come up a lot. Um, Maybe let's say 10-ish years ago, 10, 15 years ago, the mommy blogging business was big, right? And that, I mean, that's literally a category, the mommy bloggers, right? And God bless them because they had all types of information on their blog that helped me when my child was young. And so there were mommy blogger conferences. People were blogging about what it was like parenting these young children as they grew up. They had the pictures. They had, how are we feeding them? How are we dressing them? All the things. And then guess what? Those kids, those babies become preteens And they are not cool with you putting their stuff all over the internet. And if you look at the people who are the major mommy bloggers 10 or 15 years ago, 
they're not mommy blogging anymore. They have all pivoted and moved into something different because their kids are like, what you will not be doing is putting me and my, I have lots of things I'm thinking about teenage self all over the internet, all over your blog, all over your Instagram. They don't want you taking pictures. They don't want you hugging on them. They don't want you talking about, they barely want to be associated with you as they become teenagers. And so that was not a sustainable right thing to do unless you just kept having children. But most people stopped at a certain point. And so I'm not saying this in a bad way because I love the way, and many of the, many mommy bloggers are my friends and my colleagues. I love seeing how they've pivoted into other strengths and to other gifts and to other um, abilities and competencies they have and how they are offering those things to the world. But they had to do it without telling as much about their family and telling as much about their children. And when you base your business on that, it's a bigger pivot, right? It's a much bigger pivot than if you, if you're not operating in that way. And so for those of us who are academics, especially, right, you know, most people don't know much about what we do anyway. So just sharing what it is we do as academics is fine because it's kind of invisible work in a lot of ways, right? How many people think that we just be chilling all summer? <laughs> right? <laughs> that we just, you know, we show up, we teach, we work three, four, five, six hours a day, a week, and we don't do anything else, right? A lot of what we do can't be seen, right? It's not demonstrable. It's not sexy. So there might be this temptation to to show kind of the lifestyle, right? And how how glitzy it can be. But we want to we want to lead from somewhere else. Yeah, I think the the key issue here that we want folks to understand is that when you build your brand around deeply personal and intimate details about your life, that becomes the core part of the brand and that becomes what your audience is used to. And it's a much more difficult pivot to make if you ever decide that you want to build um, discretion and privacy back into that brand. People get used to you telling all your business and giving all those intimate details. And then if you try to make a pivot, it's much harder to do that. Um, for those of us who are Blackademic women, it's important, I think, to lift up that we can, and many of us are, building brands that are about our knowledge and our expertise. We have sacrificed a lot to get to where we are, and we've honed our knowledge and experience over years. We've spent money. We've lived in undesirable cities. We've often moved away from friends and family. We want to amplify our knowledge and allow that to speak for us in the marketplace, not our sort of personal business. So that's one of the reasons why, even with the proliferation of lifestyle-based brands, we encourage folks in AB3 to build businesses that amplify their knowledge and expertise. And for us, it's really important to lead with values. And part of that involves dreaming. And sometimes we don't take the time to dream. We think of daydreaming as child's play, as, as being non-productive, right? As being something you do when you're idle. But we really want to remind us to dream, to dream the big dreams. What do you want for your life? Now, a lot of us are used to this kind of career planning, 
right? In five years, I'll be here. In 10 years, I'll be here. These are the three steps to the five steps to tenure or to that promotion or to that administrative position, right? And that is all fine and good. And that's not what we're talking about. We we want you to really dig into who you are and what you care about and not just the dream you have for your, let's say your financial goals, your career goals, which are great, but for the world you want to live in, right? We want to do this big dreaming, what Takiya often calls world making, right? What matters to us? If we could change the world, what would the world look like? Because we really are transformers, right? We are catalysts for change. We don't teach because we have nothing else to do. We teach because we think it's interesting, it's important, and we hope that our students, at least a good percentage of them, come out of our classes different at the end than they went into them. And some of that is about the knowledge they have of our field, but a lot of it's about how they look at the world, how they look at the field, how they understand something. And that's that's what gets us going, right? Now, maybe you're like me and you remember the three boogaboos from your class, the ones who gave you all the drama, who didn't learn anything, who never showed up, who wrote the two bad, you know, course evaluations. But it's the others, right, who keep us going, right? It's that other, I don't know, 10% maybe. The students you hear back from years later who say, you know, I took your class and I still apply this to something I'm doing now, five years later, 10 years later. Like, that's why we're in it. We're in it because we want to change the world. We want to change people. We want to change something through the power of the stuff that we think is cool and we think is interesting and that we know a lot about. So we want to begin with that kind of dreaming, that kind of visioning, that way of articulating what matters the most to us and how we see our entire lives that way. And once we do that, we have these strategies for showing us how to put your business into that right? The business isn't the big thing. The world is, your life is, your dreams are the big thing, and your business is one part of that, right? And so that's one of the first strategies we use in our signature course as you join the community of the Brain Trust is how to go through that kind of visioning process where you can think really big and then are able to say, so after I've got this big view, these big dreams, these ways I'm going to change the world, because we are going to change the world, at least one good corner of it, then how are our businesses fitting into that? And how do our businesses embody that vision? How do they lead us toward that vision? How do they enable that vision? And it's fine if the details change over time. The course offerings will not be the same 10 years ago as they will now, as they will five years from now, because the world changes, technology changes, the details can change, but we want to make sure it's something that matters, that it's feeding what's important to you. It is feeding your vision, it's feeding your dreams, it's feeding your goals. And that way you're always going to be motivated, even if you change the details of what's happening. I think one of the core pieces to remember is that Um, I do think of building a business as world making. You are crafting your corner of the world and you have the right responsibility and the gift, the blessing, some might say, to put in that world what you want to have there. 
Your business doesn't have to look necessarily like anybody else's. Okay, You don't have to do what the three other entrepreneurs you read about last night are doing. Your experience is unique. Your knowledge belongs to you and you are choosing which aspects of it you want to operationalize, monetize, and share with the world. So when you're building a business, you put into that business what you want there, right? This is your world. Maybe your world includes consulting and strategy. Maybe your world includes document development. Maybe your world includes speaking engagements. Maybe your world includes writing. Whatever it is, it's your world, it's your possibilities, and we want to position you to breathe life into that as much as you want to, and to do it in a way that's in alignment with what you really believe. What do you really believe about yourself? What do you really believe about the world that you want to see come into being? And how do you want to contribute to that? The details of that are going to shift over time as you grow, develop, and change. But if you're clear about your values, you always have something to come back to. That vision, those values become a point of orientation. They're like a compass pointing you into the direction of your future. So while your career might change, where you live might change, the ways in which you think about yourself as a person may shift and expand over time. As long as you're clear about your values and you're breathing life into them, that's going to be the power behind your business. Are there other nuts and bolts that you need? Well, of course, we'll talk about all of that. We talk about that in the brain trust. We talk about business structure and taxes and filing and staffing and all of those nuts and bolts that you have to think about as a business person running something in the world. But there are lots of people who are clear about those pieces who don't think at all about values who haven't clarified their vision. And this is why they have a new business every six months, every two years, <laughs> every six weeks, because it's not anchored or grounded or oriented around anything. And so when we're working in AB3, one of the very first things that we do with members of our community is walk them through how to clarify their vision and articulate their values in a way that is clear, bold, and direct so that they're building a business around what matters most. It starts with you. It ends with you. This is about you breathing life into your corner of the world and doing so through a values-led, sustainable business that amplifies your knowledge in the world. I get so excited talking about this. <laughs> I feel just effervescent about it. You know, as you were talking, I was like, it's your thing. Do what you want to do, right? <laughs> because when we talk about this visioning, we also, we say it's a private document. This does not need to be something the whole world sees. It doesn't have to go on your website if you even have a website. This is your internal compass, right? And it does not have to be shared. You might share it with people closest to you. You might share some details with your staff if you have a staff, but it's for you, right? This is something that is going to guide and orient you. And another reason why we think it's important to do is because we are multi-talented people, right? We are in a profession that expects us to be not just competent, but fairly adept at teaching, writing, and research. Those are three different things. And that doesn't even include service, right? Administrative duties that we all have in some form or another. 
And we all can do some of them. We might not like all of them, but we all can do them. And the challenge of being a multi-talented person, as I know all of our listeners are, is not doing everything that you can do, but finding the things that you want to do, the things that you're most excited about right? It's, it should be your the world you want to be in. Just because you are good at something, just because you can teach something, doesn't mean that's what you want to do in your business. And that can be really hard to sort out, especially when other people might be like, oh, can you do this for me? Oh, you're really great at this. Could I come to you for such and such? And it might be like, hey, yeah, that is what I want to do. Or it could be like, I can do that, but that doesn't bring me joy. That doesn't bring me life. Let me tell you who would be great at helping you walk through those steps, right? I'm often referring to Ikea for things that, you know, or I can do certain things and I want to do it in my job. I don't want to do it outside my job. Just don't want to. Doesn't excite me. And that's something that, you know, is difficult for multi-talented people like we are. There are lots of things that we can do and do well, but we want to hone in on what it is that you like what it is that excites you, what it is that leads you toward building that world that you want to live in. I often say, orient your business around the stuff that you would do for free. Now be clear, in AB3, we talk about how to price your offerings and how to monetize and make sure you're getting a good return. We want you to get paid, okay? I'm over here the queen of luxury and luxury costs coins and listen, Myself and Monica, we want you to get to the money, okay? What do, what do the kids say? We want you to get the bag, all right? But what would you do for free? What would you do if we woke you up in the middle of the night out of your sleep? What excites you? What are you always reaching towards? What turns you up and on about your work or your knowledge or the piece of your professional skill set that you might offer to the world. There are lots of things that I know how to do, but they don't all excite me. Okay. I know how to wash dishes. I do not want to wash dishes in my business. Okay. I know how to scrub a floor, which is honorable work, but that's not work I want to do in my business. Right. I know how to review grant proposals. I don't do that work in my business. Right. There are certain things that I might do as a part of my job that are not at the centerpiece of my business. What lights me up and turns me on is complex problem solving. And the work that I get to do as an academic success strategist requires me to lean into that every time I'm working with a new client. And it makes me happier than I even have words for. I love doing that work. I love helping people. I love solving problems. I love helping people align with the knowledge, wisdom, and resources that they need to succeed. It makes me happy, and I'm very comfortable doing it in a way where I don't have to be out front. I'm happy to be the invisible hand kind of behind the curtain making things happen. I find it deeply satisfying, okay? I know that about myself, so I've built my business in that way, that it lets me do what brings me joy. There are aspects of the work that I do um, professionally that I am adept at and I am effective, but it's not necessarily joyful. So I bring joy as a value, right? That's going to be a part of the centerpiece of my business. All I'm putting in here is what makes me happy, what makes me effervesce, what makes me light up, right? And can I do it in a way that amplifies the skills I've developed over the years and all the debt that I got into when I was 
getting a master's degree and a PhD and moving away from home? Yes, that's the sweet spot, right? How do you bring together those pieces of your own being that are uh, joy-filled and excited and also skillful and knowledgeable and allow that to sit at the center of your business in a way that is informed by your vision for the world and your deepest held values. That's the place that we come from in AB3 when we are talking with our community members about building, growing, and sustaining their businesses. And so because we're grounded, right, in this in these values and in this vision, then the business comes next, right? The business comes after that. And this is something else that we like to think makes us a little different than some of the other voices that are out there, is that some entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs for the sake of being entrepreneurs. They just like selling things. And no, no slight, no shade, right? It's not like it's a bad thing. There are people who were selling candy bars when they were seven and had a different business when they were 12. And by the time they hit 18, they were making money doing such and such, right? And that's the journey for many people who identify as entrepreneurs. And so to change businesses even drastically is still in line with what they want to do because it's the business part that they love. It's the selling that they love. It's the growing a business that excites them and doesn't really matter as much what that business is. And for us, that's not that's not where we're coming from necessarily. Yes, there's a business side and yes, it's important, but the grounding is our knowledge. The grounding is our vision, right? So we're in it because of what we're excited about, because of the content. We're very content driven. It's just still so funny to me that there's a whole thing out there called content creators. I'm like, content creators? We're content creators, right? We write articles, we write books, we we conduct research. That's content. We be creating it. We get in front of people and teach them things, right? Most of which are lectures. Our lectures are just hanging out in the world. We can't download lesson plans for our classes. Like we're content creators. You got a whole name for that? That's cool, right? Because it's, and we don't have to think, how do I create content? What should my content be about? You know, it might be, how am I, what's my social media plan? Is a very different question than, I don't know if I know how to create content. Of course we do. That's what we do, right? That's what we know very deeply. And so for us, the entrepreneurship is based on our knowledge. It's based on our expertise. It's based on those kinds of things. And so we want to ground that in our visions and our values. And the business is there to amplify our knowledge rather than kind of trying to figure out what it is we might know that we can then sell. Thank you for joining us for this episode of AB3 Speaks with Monica and Takia. We do this podcast because we want to serve and support Blackademic women's entrepreneurial dreams. So subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. We read every one and this will help others to find the show. If you're looking to take the next step in your career, go to blackademicbraintrust.com where you can join our amazing community and get our free resource on the 12 questions you should ask yourself before becoming a Blackademic entrepreneur. Our mission is to nurture your entrepreneurial dreams within and beyond the academy and build a business that both sustains and offers you freedom.
We look forward to you finding and joining us at BlackAdemicBrainTrust.com. Because we want you to win. Thank you.